This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. You might not know this about me, but I am a daydreamer. I don't admit that very often, but recently I did a personality test and I did it three times because I thought this can't be right. <laughs> and I got the same answer every th- the three times. And what that personality test helped me to accept is the fact that it's okay that I am a daydreamer. I can often find myself just sitting there thinking about what the future might look like. And often it's weird and wonderful and doesn't necessarily even reflect my current reality, but that's okay because I'm daydreaming. I've always been like it. As a kid, I can remember riding my bike in the front yard. Now, if you're here at Christmas, this was before I had that tragic moment where I fell off my bike. So before that moment, I used to ride around the front yard and daydream. I used to daydream about what life in the future might look like. And it was always good. It was always good. It was always me living my best life. Can you relate to that this morning? Maybe as a kid, dreaming about what life in the future might look like, who you might be when you grow up, what you might do when you grow up. Can you relate to that little part of being a daydreamer this morning? Well, the title of my message today is hashtag live your best life. Does anyone in the room not know what a hashtag is? Do I need to explain this? A hashtag is this little icon that you put in front of a sentence on social media. And so on social media, if you go and click on that hashtag you will find pictures and articles and stories and videos related to that hashtag. If you want to know more about hashtags, the person who goes to speak to is Sam Riley. He knows all about hashtags and he has taught us as a church the importance of hashtags. So this morning I want to talk about hashtag live your best life. Now this phrase is really, really popular at the moment. It appeared on the cover of an Oprah book in 2005, Live Your Best Life. Now, if you Google Live Your Best Life, you will find 8 billion results. 8 billion results. And you'll discover articles like 10 tips on how to live your best life. As a daydreamer, I particularly like this one, How to Live Your Best Life, 14 Steps with Pictures. Seven things you need to know to live your best life. And then if you head on over to Instagram, you'll find over 2 million photos. And as you scroll through, you might find pictures like this. Someone on a tropical island living their best life with a cocktail. Someone on a stand-up paddleboard doing yoga. Who would like to be able to do yoga on a stand-up paddleboard? I I would like, I would like to be able to do that. (laughs) You'll find photos of healthy food, of smoothies and kale. You'll find photos of people traveling to 
wonderful places around the world. You'll find inspirational quotes. You'll find happy families. And of course, you'll find puppies. That's my puppy, five-month-old Abby. You know, we all have a desire in us to live our best life. We all have a desire to live our best life. But no doubt if I was to pass a a microphone around this morning, we'd all have different opinions on what hashtag live your best life looks like. But, you know, one man who did live his best life, who we're still talking about 2,000 years later, whose life has transformed millions of people, whose life is still a model for us today and has been for generations, a man who's famous for saying you can live your life to the fullest long before Oprah came along, is Jesus. So my question this morning is how did Jesus live his best life? Now, I don't have 10 tips I don't have 14 steps with pictures. I think that how Jesus lived his best life can be summed up in a sentence. A life lived well, which is a model for us today, can be summed up in this sentence that I made up. Jesus lived a life that honoured and glorified God. Jesus lived a life that honoured and glorified God. To honour someone means that we give them respect, reverence, admiration, adoration, or praise and obedience. And to glorify someone means to reflect, to show forth, to demonstrate and to express the image of that person so that everyone else will see it. Pretty cool, hey? So in other words, Jesus lived a life that worshipped God and reflected the exact nature of God to the world. He honoured, he glorified God. And this morning, we could probably come up with a massive list of how he did that. But again, I've summed it up into two ways. Through extreme submission and extravagant love. Probably not a word, submission, that we often think about when we think hashtag live your best life. Maybe you were hoping that I put the puppies back up right now. But I just want us to sit in that for a second. Extreme submission and extravagant love. Jesus said in John 6.38, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me, the Father. In fact, 47 times throughout the book of John, we find verses that indicate that Jesus was acting under God's will. We find verses that talk about Jesus doing the will of his father or speaking on behalf of his father. We find verses like this, whatever I say is just what the father has told me to say. 
And then this one, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. 47 verses around that kind of theme of Jesus doing and saying what he sees his father do. Put simply, Jesus knew what the father would say and do. And so he did what the father would say and do. And in doing so, he showed everybody what the father is like. Does that make sense? He glorified God and he reflected the image of God and demonstrated the character of God everywhere he went. We see this lived out practically in the way that he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he fed the poor, he cared for people. He made time for the lowest in society, things that the father were close to the father's heart. Jesus lived out on earth. And all that Jesus did throughout his life and his ministry was a mirror, was to mirror God. But, you know, this extreme submission to do the the will of the father was actually a response to his extravagant love for God. Jesus knew and loved his father intimately. He knew the heartbeat of God. He knew the character of God. Again in John, it says, sorry, John 14, 31, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father. Jesus speaking, I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me to do. There's that extreme submission again, but it is fueled by his love for God. So maybe you're thinking this morning, what does all this have to do with me? What is the fact that Jesus lived a life that honoured and glorified God? How does that relate to me living my best life? Well, I want to say this morning that you were made for this. You were made for this. This is what you and I were created for. In Isaiah 43, 7, it says that mankind was created for God's glory. Mankind was created for God's glory. And all throughout the scriptures, we find Verses telling us to honour God, to honour God, to worship God. This is our number one purpose and calling in life. And it's actually possible because Jesus moulded it for us. Jesus showed us the way of how this best life can be lived out. You know, your best life will always be found in doing what you were created to do. You saw a picture of our dog, Abby, before. Now, she's a Labrador retriever. And as the name suggests, she was created to retrieve. And she is most happy, most satisfied in life when she gets to retrieve something. So you throw her a ball or a stuffed toy that she can run after and she can retrieve, she is most satisfied. You know, she loves food. She loves chewing on things. She loves giving me cuddles. But she's most satisfied when she gets to retrieve something because that's what she was created to do. 
And she does that when we throw her a ball. She also does that when she feels that my shoes should be hers. She retrieves them and she puts them under the bed or my socks or anything else she can get hold of. Funny story, last Saturday I was cleaning out her stash. Angela, close your ears. I was cleaning out her stash of things that she'd retrieved and I was under the bed pulling them out from under the bed and popped them on top of the bed. Little did I know she was sitting on top of the bed and taking them as I put them on top. This has nothing to do with my message, by the way. It's just a funny story. Um, And when I pop my head up, she's sitting there with a sock in her mouth. Now I've got little feet, so I've got little socks. And um, I said, drop. And she went, And it wasn't until a few hours later that I thought that was probably a really bad thing and started to freak out a little bit. Anyway, long story short, she brought the sock back up and she's fine. (laughs) Nothing to do with my message, just thought you wanted to know that story. (laughs) When she gets to retrieve something, she's doing what she was created for and she's most satisfied. You may have heard of a man called King Solomon. He was the third king of Israel, the son of David. And from a worldly perspective, he had it all. He had power, he had wisdom, he had money, he had women. It's estimated that in today's economy, he would have been worth $2 trillion. I'm not even sure how many zeros that is, but it's a lot of money. Yet at the end of his life, he concluded that the only worthwhile life, this is coming from a man who had it all, more than we could ever imagine, the only worthwhile life, the only life that truly satisfied is one of honour and obedience to God. Your best life will always be found in doing what you were created to do. But, you know, it takes courage to live like that. It takes courage to live a life that honours and glorifies God. Because, you know, we live in a world that says, elevate yourself and your desires. We're living in a world that's becoming more and more unpopular to reflect the image of God in our lives. We're living in a world that says, you can have all the stuff, that's what's going to truly satisfy. So it takes courage to choose to intentionally live different. It takes courage to purposefully live the way that we were created to live. So what does that mean? What does that look like? So what? What does that look like for us in our everyday lives? Now, again, we could probably come up with a massive list of practically what this could look like for us. But again, I want to sum it up in those, with those same two sentences that I said for Jesus extreme submission and extravagant love. Extreme submission looks like dying to yourself daily. Not going to find that on an inspirational quote with hashtag live your best life. Die to yourself daily. Have a look at what it says in Matthew. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. I want to find my life. That sounds like living your best life, finding your life. 
So really practically, I think that extreme submission looks like a daily prayer. A daily prayer of God, not my will, but your will today. Before you get out of bed, God, not my will, but your will be be done today. I want to get on your agenda for what my day is going to look like today. Because you know what, church? His will and his agenda will always exceed anything you could ever hope, dream or imagine for your life. And now this doesn't mean that we don't go to work and we don't do the shopping and we don't do all the things that we need to do throughout our day, but it means that in the midst of our day, we have a heart that says, God, what's your agenda today? What's your will for my life and for the people I come into contact with today? And so that might mean noticing that someone's struggling and going, hey, are you okay? That might mean giving an extra little bit of grace to someone who's being a butthead. That might mean praying for somebody who needs healing. During the worship service this morning, I haven't been feeling well for the last 24 hours. During the worship service this morning, two people took me aside and prayed for me. God's agenda. Last week, Mark was out at Preston's um, doing the lawns. And if you've ever been out there, it's a six-lane road, I think. There's a lot of lanes anyway. There's a lot of lanes. And there was literally a little old lady who couldn't cross the street. We hear about this, and it actually happened to Mark a couple of weeks ago. Now, he could have chosen to go, my will right now is to just mow these lawns. But getting on God's agenda is noticing that there's someone who's struggling and that there was a lady that literally needed help crossing the street. A daily prayer, a daily attitude to go, God, I want to be on your agenda today. I want to be directed by you today. I want your spirit to be prompting my spirit today so that I can see what you see. And then the second really practical thing is a daily attitude of, I'm going to make God look good today. A daily, and I'm saying daily because we need this daily. (laughs) We can't, this isn't just a one-time event. I've gone, okay, I've decided to do that and now I'm going to go. We need this daily where human beings who get distracted by shiny things. So daily, (laughs) daily we need to come before God, before we do anything else with a prayer and with an attitude of, God, I'm going to make you look good today in my speech, in my actions, in the way that I think. I'm going to reflect the character, the nature, the presence, the essence, the life of the God that I love and I serve. It's an intentional choice. It's an intentional choice to live it out. And when we do so, we're living our best life because we're found in the purpose of what we're created for. We find we are satisfied. And maybe you're thinking this morning, well, that's all good and well when things are going well. When life is, you know, not too crazy, not too chaotic. But I'm struggling right now. And I'm finding it hard just to get through the day, let alone to start my day like that.
So maybe you're thinking this morning, I'm struggling at the moment. Life's been a little bit full on, a little bit hard. And it's hard enough just to get through the day, let alone to start my day like that. It's on days like that that I am so glad that we have an example of Jesus who even on his worst day, even on a day where you could never imagine a hashtag live your best life Instagram post, even on the worst of the worst days, he still said, your will, not my will be done. On the day that he knew that he was going to be beaten, tortured and killed, he still chose God's agenda. He still chose God's will. You know, Jesus is no stranger to hard days. Jesus is no stranger to hard days. But even on his hardest, he still chose to honor and to glorify God. And, you know, he could do that because he loved God. He trusted God. He trusted that God's plan was right. And he gave himself to God in extreme submission, which leads me to extravagant love. Do you know, I think it's impossible for us to have extreme submission to God unless we love him. So I want to ask you the question this morning, church, do you love God? Do you really love him? Have you gotten to know him in such a way that you are left with extravagant love, adoration, reverence, and awe for him? Such extravagant love that you can't help but reflect him to the world. And, you know, just in case this morning the answer is no, I want to tell you a little bit about him. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and always present. He created the stars, the planet, the earth, and everything in it, and yet he is personal. He knows you. He knows your name. He took time to intimately form you in your mother's womb. He knows all about you, even the number of hairs on your head. He hurts when you hurt. He rejoices when you rejoice. He sustains all of life. He is the source of strength, the source of comfort. He is patient. He is forgiving and he is kind. But you know what? He is huge. And there is always more of his character, his nature for us to get to know. There is more of him for us to glorify. And, you know, the more we get to know him, the more we really get to know him, the more we love him. And the more we love him, the more we want to honor him and reflect him to the world around us. So really, really practical again this morning. These are really practical things. But I think extravagant love looks like daily time with God, getting into the word getting to know his character and his nature just that little bit more, allowing our hearts to connect with his, allowing our spirit to just come alive in who that he is. Getting to know his character is all through the word. But again, I come back to that daily 
daily, daily getting to know God and then daily worship. You know, this whole, wor- this whole message basically has been about living a life that worships God. But, you know, there's something incredible that takes place when we make time to speak or to sing words of worship to God. I don't really have words to describe what goes on. There's something supernatural when our spirit connects with God's spirit, when we actually speak words of worship to him. And it fuels our life of worship. Those moments, those daily moments actually fuel the rest of our life of worship, our life of honor, our life of glorifying God. Daily taking the time to be in the word, to get to know him more, but then to speak to God, worship or sing. I prefer to sing, but you may prefer to speak words of worship back to God. So church, do you want to live your best life? Do you want to live your best life? Your life will never be defined and fully satisfied by how much money you've got in the bank, the kind of car you drive, or your next holiday destination. You know, those things are really lovely. They can be fun. They can provide wonderful experiences and memories, but they won't satisfy you. Pursuing the life that you were created for, intentionally choosing to honor and glorify your God with your life, that's what truly satisfies church. That's where we come alive. That's where we find our best life. But, you know, living your best life actually starts with a decision. It starts with a decision to put God first, to say, I want to be in a relationship with you. And so if you're here this morning and you have not yet made a decision to be a follower of Jesus, then I'd love to give you that opportunity. Because before you can honor and glorify God with your life, you need to become a follower of Jesus. You need to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. Making a confession of faith is the first step in living your best life. So I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you want to say yes to a relationship with God today, then we're going to pray a simple prayer as a church. Let's do that together now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died and that he rose again. And God, I'm sorry for living my life apart from you. And today I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you just became a Christian. And we want to welcome you to the family. So can I encourage you to let somebody know, either the person that you're here with today, or we're going to have a prayer team come up the front at the end of the service. And they'd love to pray with you. But for the rest of us who have been walking with God for a while now, I want to ask that question. Do you want to live your best life? 
It's a daily intentional choice to honour God and to glorify God. To live a life where we lay down our own will and our own agenda and we get on God's will and God's agenda. Where we know the character and the nature of God so that we can reflect him to the rest of the world. And so if you want to say yes to that this morning, then I want to invite you to stand right now. And I want to pray for us that we would not be distracted by the things, the shiny things of the world, although they are nice, but that our eyes would be set upon what we were created for. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that your nature is good and loving and kind and gracious and you are so patient with us. God, I thank you that you have created us for a purpose and that purpose is to bring honour and glory to you, God, to live our lives as worship to you. And so, God, we stand before you this morning and we say we want to live our best lives. We want to live lives that reflect you to the world around us, that honour you with the things that we say, the things that we do and the way that we think. And so, God, I pray that we would not be distracted when we wake up tomorrow morning, but we would choose to intentionally live our lives for you. That we would make a choice tomorrow morning, that we would say a prayer before our feet even hit the ground. God, your will today, help me to be on your agenda. Help me to see what you see. God, I pray that you would bless each person in this place. And God, I pray that we would hear testimony of how our lives impact people because of this bold confession before you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.